0: Malfunctioning ovens, fryers, and grills can make it tough to keep your cool in the kitchen. Welcome to Service Calls, a podcast brought to you by TechTown in partnership with Food Service Equipment Reports. I'm Rob LaFrenz, and it's time again for our quarterly dip into the TechTown Forum. And in this episode, it's all about the hot side. And joining me, we have a special guest filling in. It's Food Service Equipment Reports Editor in Chief Kelly Killian.
1: And we'll also hear from you guys, the techs in the field, about your favorite piece of equipment to work on.
0: But first, let's do some rapid fire hot side tech talk with Smart Care Equipment Solutions Technician Support Supervisor Clint Wilson. And Clint, our first question is all about high gas pressure issues. And here's the scenario So you're called out to a new construction site to start up equipment. And with the tech checks incoming pressure it's over half a pound who's responsible and what do you do
2: so the gas pressure into the building is set by the plumbers who are installing the equipment uh, and what i mean by that is you know the building regulators that uh, are, are attached around a gas meter uh, that that really sets the incoming building pressure, and then the building pressure is regulated down from there also in, in maybe one to two different pressures. Um, but eventually at the Cook's line, it will, or, or it should be set at seven inches of water column for us to be able to attach our equipment to it and, and operate.
1: So Clint, next up, a piece of equipment is hooked up to a GFCI and the unit is tripping the ground fault but it works when you plug it into a regular circuit. How do you find the problem?
2: That can be very difficult to determine whether the problem is the equipment, whether the problem was how it was installed or whether the problem is actually the GFCI itself. Uh, There is a way to test for leakage current and and leakage current is what the GFCI is, is trying to find or monitor if you will. Um, it is looking for a current that is leaking through to ground, and we can we can find that current or measure that current with clamp meters uh, that will clamp basically around the ground wire, and, and tell us what that leak leakage current is. The more sophisticated the equipment, the better chance we have of the equipment itself creating the problem. Uh, so there is many pieces many types of equipment that the best solution is to actually hardwire that equipment to the outlet or to the wall
0: all right clint the next scenario is the unit is blowing the control circuit fuses but i can't find out why what should i do
2: control circuit fuses typically are blowing because there is a short in in the circuit somewhere because those fuses are are typically an amp to an uh, to maybe 2 amps 3 amps it can be difficult to find those short circuits just using a, a regular standard ohm meter. Sometimes the best way to find it is just to start disconnecting components that could be causing the short in, in the circuit. Usually those components are contactor coils or transformer coils themselves.
1: Next, let's talk IT. What should you do with anything with software and intermittent issues that you can't find with a meter? And when you call tech support, you learn, you don't have the latest and greatest software or firmware.
2: So knowing, knowing that you've reached that point is, is usually the first issue. Um, the, the the next issue then is usually going to be guided by an OEM support person. Most manufacturers OEMs will tell you not to up, grade software unless you know the equipment is working and functioning correctly but that isn't always able to be determined at that time either so it, it can be tricky to know when you should or should not update but usually we're put in a position where we have to make that decision and and roll with the results
0: what are some easy mistakes techs can make with hot side equipment and what are some ways to prevent them
2: First of all, understanding your equipment is very important. Um, It is very key to having the the simple knowledge of how that equipment is supposed to function, how it works, the the processes that it goes through to understand what what you are seeing when it is malfunctioning. Um, Another mistake that technicians make is to troubleshoot using their meter by putting the negative side of the meter lead to ground that by doing that, you completely eliminate the neutral side of the circuit, which is where a lot of problems can be found.
1: Clint, servicing combi ovens comes up a lot on the pages of FER. What are some of the common mistakes made when diagnosing problems with combi ovens and how can techs avoid them?
2: Common errors that technicians make, again, revolve around not understanding what the oven is doing. They should Have a firm understanding of how to get into the diagnostic mode understanding what the error codes mean uh, understanding that they can put the oven into a diagnostic mode just to test a certain function of those ovens Uh, that is usually the best way to troubleshoot these ovens.
0: Clint, if a technician is out on the the job, and you know, um, you know, we're talking about all this uh, new equipment with uh, you know high tech software and all that type of stuff. But what about for older machines and older equipment? I'm sure there's still a ton of it out there. Uh, can technicians still get parts for, say, a 15 year old machine?
2: Now that's a common that a common question that we get asked a lot. Not directly, can I still get parts for this? But what is the lifespan? or or life cycle of a piece of equipment. And and typically most manufacturers will tell you that 10 years is the expected lifespan for any piece of equipment. And it really doesn't matter much what equipment we're talking about. So 15 years is a long stretch for parts. Uh, I would say the common parts such as contactors, uh, things of that nature are, are going to be available. Parts like the touch screens and OEM specific components are going to be an issue with your piece of equipment as whether or not you're be, you'll be able to find those parts even after 10 years.
0: yeah we've talked about that in other episodes uh, there's so many touch screens nowadays and they, and they just get so much use and and you can see right away that you know within a few a few months you can already see the wear happening on them.
2: Yeah, and, and the industry hasn't reached that point yet, the 10- the to 15-year life cycle on most touchscreen equipment. But it's it's rapidly approaching. And you think about computers. How often do we have to replace our computers just because they get outdated? Uh, yeah. I, I, I think we're going to reach that point with our equipment here in the not-too-distant future.
0: Yeah, right. The iPhone came out in 2010, and there's already been 12 of them, right? <laughs>
2: yeah exactly and and this equipment is i don't believe this equipment's going to be immune to that
0: you know i worked at a pizza place and the oven in the pizza place was one of those carousel ovens it was huge big carousel oven and it was 50 years old when we were uh using it back in the day also struggled to get parts for that
2: (laughs) yeah but there's something to be said about having that simple uh mechanical based equipment versus the electronic based equipment that everything is migrating to nowadays.
0: Uh we heard during we heard a lot during the pandemic uh, imposed restaurant closures. Uh, many operators didn't sh- didn't properly shut down their fryers. For those techs who could use a refresh, uh, what's the best way to shut down a fryer and um, open it up for that matter?
2: Yeah, there was a lot of equipment we're finding uh, that that really hasn't been shut down properly. Uh, ice machines would be another one, but to your directly to your question about fryers, the cooking compartment, if you will, the fry pot will need to be boiled out if, if it wasn't drained and cleaned uh, in the beginning uh, of shutdown. That is gonna be the best way to get it clean. Uh, OEMs make filter powder that you can use to boil out uh, fryers with that'll remove the, the oil. Um, that's really all that's needed and, and and we need to be careful if we're doing that. If a, if a customer is doing that, you don't want to go above the boiling point of water. You don't want to boil water at 400 degrees. You're going to create a lot of steam doing that. So it really is kind of tricky to get that done correctly. Uh, you need to pay attention to that equipment.
1: Clint, can I ask you a question uh, just as a follow-up to that? If you didn't shut your fryer down properly, is are there any uh, tips that you have for uh, bringing it back up properly?
2: The trickier part probably is if that fryer has a filter system in it because that filter system's been sitting more or less with with grease in it that you can't see. Um, And running hot water with the the boil out material might be needed there as well to remove some of that old leftover grease from the filtering system. And then filtering oil through it and actually disposing of that oil uh, would be another practice that I would do.
0: So uh, every uh, episode of Service Calls, we have a nuts and bolts segment, and that uh, features techs answering uh, a question or two of what we've uh, put out there. And um, this uh, episode is talking about their favorite piece of food service equipment. Uh, Do you have one and um, why?
2: So I was recently reminded personally how important a microwave is to our normal daily lives at this point. Uh, my, My microwave at home failed and, and we took a couple of weeks in getting one just because we had to order it. And remembering what it was like just to warm up some leftover food without a microwave um, really kind of reinforced that that is a very important piece of equipment to our industry and, and to life itself.
0: All right. Excellent. Thank you. Smart Care Equipment Solutions Technician Support Supervisor Clint Wilson. Next up, it's our nuts and bolts segment. That's where we turn things over to you for your input, and this week we asked, what's your favorite piece of food service equipment and why? First up, from Gary's East Coast Service, it's Certified Safesa Master Technician Andy Fiedler.
2: I guess my favorite thing to work on would be a mixer. I enjoy the challenge, and I enjoy playing with transmissions and stuff.
0: The next four entries all came in via email, so I've asked some colleagues of mine to lend their voices, and our first email entry comes from Katie Green, a refrigerated specialist Inc.
1: My favorite piece of food service equipment is a fryer. It makes all my favorite foods. My technicians tell me they're gross to work with, but I'm a Texas girl and love all things fried.
0: Next up, it's Duffy's AIS service tech, Brian Karras. I would have to say that it's the combi oven.
2: Most brands are now making a very good quality product. the most versatile piece of equipment that can be purchased for any commercial kitchen, and some manufacturers even have their own chefs that can help the customer to perfect their product. The manufacturers also have a great factory training in order to ensure that the customer has a good experience with their oven. I've had many customers that were very hesitant to purchase a combi oven. Then when they actually use one, they don't know how they ever got along without one.
0: President and CEO of Authorized Commercial Equipment Service, Shannon Sykes, have this to say.
1: I would choose a range top with a convection oven underneath. The range allows one to fry, boil, saute, and bake without having to be a millennial to figure out how to operate the equipment. Convection ovens heat more evenly than regular ovens do because the air in the oven's moving, not just heated. So they bake better and are quicker because the temperature is more consistent.
0: And this from EMR Tech, Greg Mullaney. My favorite piece of food service equipment to work on is the Share Espresso machine. Since I'm most familiar with this machine, it makes the job quicker and easier. Plus, these espresso machines are always on a counter which prevents me from having to work on my knees. I also prefer working with coffee over grease any day. And I couldn't agree with you more, Greg. Uh, thanks to my cohorts, Jennifer O'Neill, Bob Kessler, and Ron Brown, respectively, for lending their voices to this month's episode. And thanks to everyone for your contributions. We seriously do appreciate them. Next time, our topic is, what are some silver linings of this pandemic for service technicians? We'd love to hear from you, and you can call in to leave a message. Our number is 312 788-7618. That's 312 788 You can also email or record a voice memo on your phone and send it along to servicecalls at fermag.com. And that's it for this week's episode of Service Calls, brought to you by Tech Town in partnership with Food Service Equipment Reports. We'll be back next month, so be sure to follow and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. I'm Rob LaFrance.